is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, we took a week off last week because, you know, things happen. But now we're back. Uh, we'll be talking about Hell in a Cell, a couple of thoughts uh, in your house, talking about AW's effect being a Friday for basically the last month, and a whole lot more. But uh, to start things off, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, my wife had uh, her 30th birthday this weekend, so a lot of uh, bringing in people from upstate New York and really, really busy. Got the NBA playoffs, got European soccer championships. It's just been cra- And then trying to watch some of these wrestling shows. So it's just been really, really busy, but looking forward to talking uh, some wrestling with you and catching up on the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. And if, before we go any further, just want to let everybody know if you want to follow us on Twitter at WorkshootPod. Also the same for Instagram, which of course is done by the great Jackie Endy from the You Don't Know Jackie podcast, which if any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, be sure to give a five-star review for our show and theirs. Try to go and make these platforms bigger as we go along. But uh, Jay, we weren't here uh, last week, so we didn't get a, really a chance to talk about uh, In Your House and then the follow-up on the return of Samoa Joe. So I don't know how you want to do this. You want to give quick thoughts on the pay-per-view first or go yeah. right into the after effects of Samoa Joe, who we all thought was a good chance he would wind up maybe in AEW or a short-term like ROH or Impact, but he's back in the big Fed. Yeah, so it was clear, you know, it's funny because we always talk about this thing with rumors and people are like, oh, rumors, it's stupid. None of these guys are right. None of them know what they're doing. And it's like, they're like right a lot of the time, right? So like one of the things we heard is that Triple H was not happy that Jamoa Joe got released. And now Samoa Joe is in NXT, Triple H's brand. So that's not a surprise, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does if he wrestles, you know, um, if he doesn't wrestle, if he's just a body man or, you know, how that all kind of shapes up the pay-per-view itself was fine. I think it was one of their weaker takeovers maybe that they've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, it was still a good show, but it wasn't, it wasn't a takeover, you know, their expectations of the show are so high. It's, it's hard for, it's always hard for them to match top or reach it. Um, so yeah, I thought the show was fine. Uh, nothing crazy. And yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with Samoa Joe and what they do with them. You know, he's already getting physical with people. So maybe that's indication that he could wrestle. Uh, maybe he's more of a special attraction during certain takeovers or certain events. I think that would be really great for his body. Um, you know, one thing that we've talked about NXT needs big names. They need, um, they need some stars. And so Samojo brings them, you know, some, some definite credibility and we'll see, we'll see how he does, but I'm, I'm excited that he's bringing a different type of change to the show. The only thing you don't want to see is him choking on Adam Cole and then he's not wrestling. You know, you don't want to see him beating up, you know, he's a big guy. He's beating up all the little guys in NXT and then he's not fighting for the title or, or wrestling in a match. So you don't want to make him, uh, you don't want to have him make the other wrestlers look bad. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go with that. And if he keeps getting physical and eventually wrestles in a match. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, from everything you hear and read from a lot of reliable sources, you know, the Dave Melzer's, the Mike Johnson's, the 
Jason Powell's, you know, of the world that, you know, he's not cleared at this point to wrestle. But a lot of times when people aren't cleared, there's no physical contact at all because, you know, a risk of something else happening, you know, but, and the thing is, like you were saying, they basically set up three to four possible long-term feuds for a guy who doesn't appear to be cleared. I mean, they set up a thing with uh, Karrion Cross, who maybe going up to the main roster. We'll talk, we talk about that later on. Made a thing with um, Johnny Gargano. Did a thing with Adam Cole. Did a thing with um, the Bruiserweight, which I am forgetting his name right now. Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. And, you know, that's four big-time feuds with four of the five biggest guys in the company that aren't on, you know, that Cruiserweight level. You're not, not saying, of course, you know, Escobar or Kushida. But, you know, basically all of your main event guys, he basically sets something up in the future. And if he can't wrestle you wonder where this goes and how do you basically build something? And yes, of course you could say that they kind of do the same thing with Daniel Bryan at times when he wasn't cleared and they were still setting up ideas, things in the future, if he ever got cleared, but this one feels a little bit different because he's was getting in people's faces and more of the stuff with Daniel Bryan. It was just more of talking like with the Miz and some other people. You and know Bryan I mean? was the GM, you know, Samoa Joe's like the body. Yeah, yeah, like he's the so the enforcer means you beat people up. So, you know, you can just beat people up and then get no no uh repercussions. And that seems to be, you know, where they can where things can get dicey. But you know, I trust NXT to kind of figure figure some stuff out. So I think they will. Yeah, and I agree with you. I thought it was a good pay a good pay-per-view network special, whatever we're calling it, but it was definitely on the lower end. I mean, nothing was terrible, but I guess sometimes when I judge NXT is and AEW, all these companies, not on if I think it was a good match right now, but if I'll remember it, you know, six months from now. I know maybe that's an unfortunate thing of just time, but, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the ladder match. I thought for what it was, I thought it was a very well done ladder match. Yeah. And I thought the five way was actually better than I thought it was, would be. Yeah, it, it was wasn't fun. because of Carrie and Cross. It was because no, yeah, of it was, it was the guy fun. just bouncing around him. But, you know, are you going to really remember either of those matches in six months or by no, absolutely you know, not. two years from now? And I guess that's what, you know, it kind of goes, you think about some of these other classic matches and other shows, you still think about them, you know, till today. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I I think it'll be remembered as a, a, you know, like a lot of these, you know, WWE pay-per-views that they have, you know, it's just a match, you know, just a couple of matches, further storylines, but nothing crazy. And like I said, they've got a great history. So it's, we're not saying, oh my God, this is a, a terrible thing that we're not going to remember some of these matches later on. But before we move on to some, a lot of other things, I actually think that they're going in a good direction right now, NXT. It feels like it took, with them being so involved and in trying to win this Wednesday night war, it went away from some of the key aspects that made NXT great. I think now that they're on, on Tuesdays by themselves, I think it took a couple of, it took, you know, maybe four weeks to really figure out what you're doing, but it feels like the ship is getting corrected and I'm starting to see like things that remind me of when they were on the network, you know, and the lack of pressure to compete with AEW. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I think, you know, NXT is always in that weird boat where they're figuring stuff out and, you know, we're going to talk about uh, what the WWE's plans may be now that they're returning fans and, I think there might be a draft post SummerSlam. Oh yeah, there's a rumor. I think the end of August, the beginning of September. Yeah. So we know this; they're going to shake things up. Uh, you know. So how does that make NXT look over the next 
you know, maybe we really start to see, uh, you know, we saw Blake Christian um, uh, come in against Kushida. Uh, they, had, they had another guy against Kushida in the open challenge. You know, I think now, when, you know, when they brought in, remember when they brought in ACH, who is now retired, Cameron Grimes, uh, Swerve Scott, and then Bronson Reed, when they brought those four guys in, you know, that was kind of one of the, you know, four young guys to really uh, establish themselves in the company. And they have, and ACH is, is gone now. But so I think we're going to see that here again. There's young guys that they have in the pipeline uh, who I think we're going to start to see here over the next couple of months because they're going to need some new, some need some new blood. I agree. And I guess we'll do a, a quick, you know, uh, mute for like, you know, a minute here, but there is a, PW Insider and a couple other places reported that on SmackDown and Raw this week, backstage and at least on SmackDown did a dark match. Brandon Reed, uh, Bronson Reed, and Karrion Cross were both there, and you know we've been hearing for quite a while, especially with the last round of cuts, that you know there might be some NXT call-ups coming up soon. So I guess yeah. I guess you, they're two of their singles champions. Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? What do you think about the idea that they might be uh, losing their their guys? Yeah, so, you know, we've talked about Karen Cross forever. He's made for the WWE uh, main roster. Yeah. And I think there's a good chance that he will, will do actually really well in a WWE main roster. Um, I think it's hard for Cross because, you know, he doesn't have a lot of big guys to wrestle, you know? I think him against Drew McIntyre, him against Lashley, him against Roman. I think those could be him against Big E. I think those could be really, really good matches, actually. Um, but him against these smaller guys, it's just not, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work or, or hasn't worked consistently enough. And we know Vince is looking to shake it up. We know he likes big guys and Bronson Reed. And, and, I, and that's one of the things that we've heard he wants to go back to having big guys and things like that. So Bronson Reed is a big guy and so is Karrion Cross. So, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? WWE officials were at the performance center, checking these guys, checking out different um, NXT wrestlers. Now Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed backstage at SmackDown, backstage at Raw, uh, doing dark matches, things like that. So when there's smoke, there's fire. So I see some influx of NXT wrestlers going to the main roster here in the next, you know, next few months. Um, I think, and, you know, we're going to talk about more about this too, with fans returning, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of changes, uh, hopefully for the better. They could pretty much leave SmackDown alone and they should, but they're probably going to, you know. I want to get into that in a second up. about but, SmackDown. But it, all right. But, but yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I think when there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I could see some, some big changes happening, you know, um, they've protected Pete Dunn pretty well during this. So I could see him definitely getting, a, you know, a, either a North American title run or an NXT title run at some point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're going to see some change in NXT for sure. I don't I Karen Cross and Bronson Reed, uh, you know, I, I would say maybe less than six months. They're there. And uh, joining us in the chat tonight, uh, Jacob Anthony Moses. From the Step Out podcast, which is our basketball podcast, I'm sure him and Leon are having a ball trying to keep up with all this playoff stuff and talk about it. It's been great. Uh, I'm sure the NBA is not super happy about the four teams that are left, but they can talk about that more than we will. But he mentioned, you know, a matchup that could be interesting is uh, Cross versus Orin on the main roster. And I guess that brings up the idea before we move on quickly. 
Do you think these two, if it's true that both of these big guys are going to come up, do you think they have a good future on the main roster? I know that the gimmick for Cross is a main roster worthy gimmick or something that they would do on the main roster, but will these guys seem as tall and big? And I'm not saying, you know, wide, but Bronson Reed, but do you think that they will really stand out when they're in the quote unquote land of giants? Corey, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Alistair okay. Black, Alistair Black, Andrade. How many guys have come up to the main roster and been released? So many of these NXT guys that we thought there's no way they're going to release them. They're going to make it. And they've all been released. Or a lot of them have. So I don't know if they're going to make it because you know, Keith Lee, where's he been? So I, so apparently he hasn't been cleared, but I mean, well, I, you know, who knows? Right. So I, but his push has been stop and start. So I, I just feel like I, I, I don't trust Vince and I don't know what these guys are going to be out of two of them. One of them will make it. I suspect. And I think one of them will be released within the next two years. So I think there's a better chance that that's Bronson Reed. Um, and so, you know, say, say it is someone like Bronson Reed. Um, I just think cross is tailor-made for what Vince likes, but I think he's going to do well. Um, so, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how things go, but, um, yeah, I think one of them will make it and one of them won't. I think that more than likely is cross and less likely is Bronson Reed, but sometimes these guys do figure it out. Look at what's happened. Um, uh, with the Nigerian Apollo Cruz, I could totally forgot about his name. So look at what's happened with Apollo Cruz, right? He's a guy who could have been released, and he's really turned things around. So anything is possible, but I I, I see one of them making it, and one of them not making it. I agree. Um, so one of the big things we talk about on this show all the time is how good and bad the main roster is. I'm not the main roster, the main. <clears throat> Hey, the main shows of SmackDown and Raw, oh. Raw more, m- more weeks than not has been unwatchable and SmackDown has been really solid. But I want to ask you, and this wasn't on the rundown, but, but you brought up SmackDown. It will make this pretty quick. Is SmackDown really that good or is the Roman Reigns angle so well done and so much better than anything else on WWE right now that it just makes you think that SmackDown is a quality product otherwise? I think it's a good show. Um, I don't love everything they're, they're doing, but I like what they're doing with Apollo Crews. I like how they're trying to get Commander Aziz over. Um, you know, I'm, so I'm enjoying that. I think the Bailey-Bianca feud has been solid. Um, yeah, I think they're, 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 what they're doing is they're, make, they're trying to make the undercard mean something. And you could agree with some of the angles or some of the storylines, and, and, and that's fine, just like AEW. But I think they're trying to make the undercard mean something. And I think, and it's, and they're not doing completely goofy, stupid shit. And I think that's why, to me, I enjoy that. And I think with Raw, they just, it's just a hodgepodge of a show that has no direction and no, it's just a hodgepodge show, right? Um, And so I think that's why. And then you take the fact that they're making the undercard mean something combined with the Roman stuff. And you got a, you have a pretty good show, um, so so yeah, no, I I I, I think SmackDown has definitely been a, a very very solid show. Okay, like I said, I mean, I was watching like the last week or two, and I just sat there going, the Roman stuff with the Usos and everything is really compelling and really good, <clears throat> but everything else feels like, all right, it's fine, and I just felt like you know 
it was just we pumped up how good SmackDown is because of this one fantastic angle and because Raw is such a three-hour disaster for you know 99% of the time that it's almost like you know when something's really bad, there's hope somewhere else and we think it's yeah. that much better than Mike. No, I, I compare SmackDown to SmackDown. I think it's been an enjoyable show that I enjoy watching. Um, do I think it's like the best wrestling show ever? No. Um, as I've said, and I said this to actually my buddy who um who one of the guys who came up to visit, um, I think Roman Reigns is the best character in wrestling in years. So I think, yeah, I think he automatically is gonna elevate the show. But I do I, I have been enjoying the show. I've been enjoying Apollo Cruz quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the Usos um uh, match with, with Montez Ford and, and D'Angelo Hawkins was a good match. So I don't know. Um, I, I've enjoyed what they've, what they've done on SmackDown for sure. I respect that. And, and, you know, and if you have an opinion on that, you know, you could always, uh, let us know at work shoot pod on Twitter, you know, which we will be on more as time goes, goes by. Um, so Jay, we brought up, you know, the main roster and fans coming back. We had the last of the Thunderdome era pay-per-views in Hell in thank the God, Cell. Thank God, thank uh, God. What was your thoughts on Hell in the Cell? I mean, coming into it for myself, I wasn't expecting much. I do think the idea of, you know, the show being, you know, under three hours is great. You know, anytime you can get something in there and things are good. But I kind of felt like it was missing something. And yes, of course, shorter is better. I felt it was missing something that you had a Raw match, the tag team match of... Uh, New Day versus um, Randy Orton and Riddle on Raw, which I felt was a, you know, a quality match in front of you. And then on SmackDown, which is a really interesting thing, we make how much you want to get into it, that we had, you know, what was supposed to be mostly the main event of Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio in Hell in the Cell on SmackDown instead of being on the pay-per-view. So it wound up being like a six show, six instead of eight match show. Yeah. You know, two of your bigger matches with a lot of your really athletic good guys weren't on it. And I think that that's fine. Um, I thought the show was fine. Man, these wrestlers bust their ass, Corey. Jesus. I mean, yeah. these matches are are brutal on these, these guys' bodies. Like, that that match with Lashley and Mac, I mean, they killed each other. And anyone with a roll-up. I, I, you know, I thought... Talk the, about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, I thought that match was a really good match. I thought that was very good. Um, I enjoyed Bianca and Bailey. A little clunky at points, but I enjoyed it. I don't know what they're doing with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. It's the strangest thing. They got like five women on the Raw roster and Reginald. And uh, so I don't totally know what they're doing with Charlotte. Is she a heel? Is she not a heel? I guess she is. Is Rhea Ripley a heel? You know, what is she? So that that was bizarre. This Alexa Bliss thing is absolutely terrible. It's 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 She's possessing people. And it's like, come on, man. It's 2021. I just, it's just, it's really just, it's, you know, it's like, if it's, it's clever, if, if you're doing stuff like that and it's clever, it's fine. But it's like, man, like, I don't know, man, uh, the undertaker called, he wants his gimmick back. Like, w- w- what are we doing? So that was annoying to me. Uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Kale was fine. Uh, so I, I, you know, I thought overall it was a solid show. Um, I didn't think that we were going to see many changes. I didn't think the show was really going to tell us anything. And, and that's where Corey, like, I know they have to have a network special every month, but like, maybe they don't, you know, like uh, they had backlash and then they have talent. These are all like junk pay-per-views to get us to next, to next month, to money in the bank. So 
I don't know. I, I just thought that it was really, um, it was, the show was fine and the guys worked so hard. And I thought McIntyre Lashley was really, really good. But if you didn't watch the show, it was just fine. And if you watched the show, it was just fine. I think you should have watched game seven of the, uh, you know, uh, you know, but of the Eastern conference semifinals, but, um, you know, which I did. And I went back and watched some of the show, whatever. Um, so, but overall it was a solid, it was a solid show. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was good for what it was. I mean, it's interesting. It's the first time and I don't know how long that there was, if you count the pre-show, which I know most people don't get a chance to watch, you actually had more women's matches than men's matches on the show. It was, like I said, if you, it was three, three, if you don't count, uh, Mandy versus Natalia, but you know, there was a very evenly matched amount of, you know, men and women's action. So that, that was a, an interesting thing on this show, but I'm going to disagree slightly. I mean, I think the idea that you have a network special that people are paying for, I understand that it's only $4.99 or if you have Comcast, different things, you're not paying anything. But I think though, if you can still have your people pay for this product and he's healthy and he's the most over thing on the main roster, Roman Reigns should most likely be on all these shows if he can be healthy, especially if the fact that he was on basically two nights before. And I understand that's mostly not the WWE's fault because it sounds like Fox wants as many big things on there. And we all know that TV rights are more important than network subs or Peacock subs or whatever you want to call the right terminology. But for me personally, I enjoyed the show, but I kind of felt you missed something with not having Roman Reigns on the show, especially when you saw him two days earlier. Yes. With I, no I, bill. Yeah. I just, I just, dis- no I disagree. Bill. And I love the way they built it up on SmackDown itself. You know, and Ray, Ray, you know, had a really impassioned promo and Reigns was like, come on, like, I'm telling you, just, just, just don't have this match. Don't have, please don't do this. And then he, he said, I'm, I'm ready for it. And he's like, Paul, I tried to do it your way. And then he just destroyed him. Uh, I, 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 and that to me, that's why I enjoyed that so much. I love the story they told leading up to it because I think it would have been hard for them to do a match cold. And I think that 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 match that they had at hell at the you know the hell in a cell, everything on the show led up to the match, which made the match even that much more impactful. Totally agree. Where I if you did that totally on the pa- that but if you did that on a pay per view, it would have been overshadowed because you already knew Reigns was going to win. Come on, but I think the the fact there was even that build up to how it was going to go down, I think really really worked well. And I don't, I don't think you would have got that on a pay per view. Um, Personally, I think they should do more matches like this. I think they should have more big main events on Raw and SmackDown. Um, and well, can you at least let people more, know more than a day before? I mean, that, do, I guess that's do, so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that. I mean, you know, it is what it, that is what it is. They announce it on Twitter, or whatever. That's that is what it is. It'd be great if they could do it ahead of time. Like I totally get that, but let's also give them credit for how they built it built it up. You know, I mean, that's what a TV show should be. I agree. You're, you're starting with the story and you're building that story up throughout the show. Raw doesn't do it. Raw is just a, a, a mess, yeah. right? And, you know, AEW oftentimes does a pretty good job of that. NXT oftentimes does a pretty good job of that, um, especially for big matches. So, so yeah, so I, I, I loved it. Um, I liked the match. Uh, Ray, or Reigns killed him, which he should have. And, um, you know, we'll kind of see where, where things go moving forward. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it hurt it at all. 
Especially because it's a throwaway sh- pay-per-view anyway. Who cares? I can understand that. Um, so let's let's talk about the thing that you kind of brought up pre-show. The idea of, and like just, I just said, we're a couple more weeks and the Thunderdome will be gone unless, uh, cross fingers, the world falls apart again, which, you know, let's hope it doesn't. What do you think of when live crowds come back? We had the one day or two, the weekend of live crowds with yeah. WrestleMania and they, for the most part, cheered everything. I think they were happy to be there. Yeah. Like, can this Alexa Bliss crap be done in front of a live audience and not get, you know, crapped on beyond belief? Can you have, you know, some of the stuff that's going on with Raw, which has been lackluster, say it best, happen when you got live fans? I mean, maybe your first two weeks, people are just going to be so happy, like, once again, like Mania to be, if, you know, out of the house. But what what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think if people go, they're going to go to, they're probably going to go to cheer um at first and then it's going to be dependent on what the quality is and then it's going to be dependent on you know bringing in new people and getting some excitement which i think they're gonna i think wb you know and if they've talked about this vince knows that the product is stale he knows he has to do something to shake things up he could have but just quality shows with the great wrestlers he has there but uh, instead he wants to bring in other people and that's fine too so let's see who they bring in. Let's see what excitement they can generate. Um, I still think that they could bring in all the names, the, you know, The Rock, and, you know, uh, Brock, Cena. They could bring in all these people, and that's great. But you got three hours, and you have got a lot of underutilized talent. And, um, you know, it's like a, a, you know, a team, a sports team that brings in a bunch of free agents but the coaching still sucks and, and, and those sorts of things. Like if the foundation isn't there for a good show, they're still not going to have a good show. They might have a flashy show, but it doesn't mean it's going to be quality. So I'm not sure how it's going to be received long-term, but I think initially fans are probably just going to be excited to be there. Um, I think Alexa bliss, some of the stuff is so stupid, but I do think she is pretty entertaining. So I think, I don't know that people will boo her because she is entertaining. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know where that'll be as far as some of the other stuff, you know, who knows. Right. Um, but some of these reactions will be interesting, you know, is drew over. Now, again, I'm taking the WrestleMania stuff aside. Um, you know, what about Lashley? You know, what guy or gal coming out of this, going back to live sh- shows is going to consistently get cheered and going to consistently be over. Does Reigns get cheered on cheered on SmackDown? So, you know, I think th- I think those things are going to be really, really interesting. I don't know if the quality of Raw changes because it's the same writers, it's still Vince, it's the same shit. But who gets over? But maybe Vince says, "Oh man, I gotta I gotta put this guy over." I, I didn't realize the Hurt business was over, and I broke them up too early, which everyone fucking told him. Um, so we'll see how how it goes. But I think at least Vince. And we'll have some gauge on who's over and who's not over. And hopefully that'll make his decision-making not totally inane and crazy. Yeah. And uh, just quickly in regards to the pay-per-view, good show. Um, I'm very interested to see where they go in the further, you know, like with Seth and Cesaro. I mean, there are rumors out there that the, that the SummerSlam match is Seth versus Edge, which, you know, could be interesting. Don't know where if Cesaro goes back to the mid card after this, or if he stays somewhere on a higher level. Um, and what you were saying, like about Alexa Bliss, 
the, the bad part about this is, and it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, this gimmick is horrifically bad. And if you're over most likely six years old, you have no interest in this. But Alexa is so good at the character that you're like, you, lo- you like the fact that she's a good at what she's doing. The same, and you don't want to blame her because she's not doing anything wrong. She's doing what the writers are telling her. The same idea, you're like, this is really, really bad. And, you know, you saw it in the match with, with her and Shayna. Alexa has gotten, and I know you're not a huge fan of Alexa in ring. But, you know, Alexa, when she wasn't doing the goofy crap of this, of all this stuff, you know, going to Nye and saying, I'm going to put my left hand, you're going to put up your left hand, all this stuff. I thought it actually wasn't as bad of a match as I expected to be. And it just, and this is something that makes me crazy. And uh, you got people like, you know, Christopher Morin, who does a great podcast of, you know, Morin's Law. I saw him on Twitter was talking about how, you know, AW with their um, cage match was a disaster. On the other end, you also have to talk about how you have, you know, Shayna, who is an MMA, yeah, she was never a champion, but a pretty high level MMA person at the time. You're making her look like someone who doesn't know what she's doing. So, I mean, believability on both ends, you know, and you just like, you're sitting there going, you have to do something better with these people. Yeah. I mean, we have underutilized talent. We have goofy storylines. Raw is a horrendous show. Um, You know, but again, we come back to that story. If this, if CM Punk was in the pandemic era, Thunderdome era shows, he would be released. He became a big name because of the audience, because of the crowd. Um, And so, you know, we'll see if anybody takes that over and takes that mantle over and becomes a bigger guy, Um, you know, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but it'll be very, very interesting, um, you know, to watch how that all kind of plays out. And just a comment from a, Jacob in the chat, Jacob Anthony Moses writing, nostalgia can only last so long. I agree. And, you know, the, he agreed the, the Alexa nonsense has, has got to go. And uh, our social media expert, to put it nicely, uh, Jackie Endy, nice little comment. Forget Monday Night Raw. It's Monday Night Work Shoot, a.k.a. she's your biggest fan. So, you know, she's going to say nice things about you. Um, I'll, I'll take it. No, you know, somebody does. But, uh, Jay, unless you have any other things you want to talk about, praise or anti-praise for WWE, you want to move over to AEW or? Uh... Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. So AEW has been on Friday nights for basically the last three to four weeks because of the NBA playoffs. And this is one of the good things about them moving to TBS next year. They won't have to be knocked off for uh, NHL and NBA playoffs. So it's, that's great. But I'm just wondering. And I know that with all the playoffs, especially you, Christian Moore's of the world, and a lot of the other people in our life group are watching the watching the NBA or the NHL right now. So the ratings have gone really bad on Friday. So this is twofold. One, has AW lost some momentum with these Friday shows? And two, on fr- in August when they premiere uh, Rampage at 10 o'clock after SmackDown, is that a mistake? Because I've heard many things where people have either kind of falling asleep uh, at 10 o'clock and are just like watching it the next day. Should they actually do the show at seven o'clock be the, be the lead in for SmackDown with this one hour show? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on AW with Fridays and if it's hurt? So I don't know if it was you who told me or if I read somewhere or whatever, but they, numbers are still good. Yeah. So like, right. Like, I don't know, kind of if the same amount of people are watching it, it's fine. Right. If the if they if the DVR numbers are still good and the same amount of people essentially are watching it on Wednesdays that are watching it on Fridays, 
one, that means you have a great audience and that's really, really great. And two, it means that like you're keeping the momentum going and you're okay. Um, I think the, this, the last show this week was not particularly good, but um, in some of their, some of their shows, I, I feel like their, their Friday night dynamite shows have been kind of hit or miss in, in my opinion, but um, yeah, I, I think they're, I think they're okay. As far as the 10 o'clock thing on Friday. Yeah. I mean, Friday has always been known as like a dead TV time, a dead TV day. Um, I mean, but if you have it on Wednesday, you're not gonna have a show right directly on Thursday. You might not have watched on Wednesday, you DVR, you know, so I think it makes sense to have it on Friday. Um, and after SmackDown at 10 o'clock, I don't think that's terrible either. Remember how many people watched Talking Smack when it was right after right after SmackDown? So were they watching uh, when it was happening or were they watching the next day? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter though. I mean, if the DVR numbers are good and people are clearly watching it, you know, I, I don't I don't know. And I think if you make the show good enough, people will come. You know, I think if you make the show good enough, people will be into it. SmackDown ratings are better than Raw's ratings, right? I know one is on uh, network cable and one is on, um, you know, over-the-air television. But SmackDown's been a quality show and people have watched it. I think this day and age with technology and and all the stuff that we have, I think people can figure out a way to watch stuff they want to watch if it's good enough. And so if Rampage is good enough and it, I think people will watch it. And if it's not great, I, I, you know, I think that'll be different. So I think either or, I think either way they'll be okay. And I think because the numbers have been good, I think their momentum is holding steady. This is always the weird time for AEW where they kind of have to figure out because they don't have pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. So they're kind of trying different things and trying to put people over and trying to figure some things out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think they're, I think they're doing just fine even if I think some of their shows lately have not been super great. Hmm. And this fr- and this Saturday, which is on another night, I mean, and I don't, and I thought they did a good job of letting people know it was on Saturday. But I don't no. think they did a great job. People know it was at eight o'clock on Saturday, not the 10 o'clock times that they've been in the last couple of weeks, you know, jungle boy versus Kenny Omega. I think they've done as good a job as they can for sign some of a quick fix. Yeah. And then you have power Hob- powerhouse Hobbs. So I think has gone a lot better over, you know, since he debuted versus Hangman Page. I think that's a pretty good, you know, one-two punch for Saturday night. So it'll be interesting what they do there. But yeah, I agree. That should be that should be a good show. I think, you know, Jungle Boy still seems a lot leaves a lot to be desired in the mic. I think they've done the best they could with like kind of covering him up. Um, I think Powerhouse Hobbs and Page could be a very very good match. I think their styles will be interesting to see. You know for Hobbs working with someone of Paige's caliber. I think that'll be really, really good for him. Um, I think they'll, obviously I think Paige will win, but I think they'll have a really, really good match. Uh, as I said, I think Paige, Omega at All Out. And is that their next show? That's not their next show. That's their next pay-per-view. They're, that's their next, pay- it's the, they oh yeah, they have the- weeks like, of big shows. That's they right, can. they have the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think All Out, Paige and Omega, if they can wait that long, and I think that, and I think Paige wins it all out. That's what I think happens. We'll we'll kind of see where where it all goes. But yeah, I think Hobbs and Paige should be a good match, and I, I I'm excited for Omega and uh, Jungle Boy. Which is, you know, I think will be a lot of fun, and it'll be interesting to see how they do on Saturday night. And you know, it's all it's always a journey. Uh, Jay, one of the things on AW I really did enjoy this past yeah, week, no, go ahead. was uh, 
the promo package for um, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz, and, yeah. and FTR. Yeah. I thought that was a really done, really well done. I mean, we still don't know when that match is going to happen, but I think, you know, it's two of the two of maybe the four best tag teams in all of wrestling right now. And, you know, they're finally facing each other. I thought FTR looked really, I'm sorry, the revival looked really good with pointing out they've in six months, they've done more than they've done in two years, which is kind of a shot at them. And also maybe a little bit shot at the booking of Santana Ortiz on how they came in huge at when we saw them last year at, uh, was it all out? Was it all out last year? All out two, two years ago, Two years ago when they went and came down in the, uh, and the presidents of the United States masks and basically killed the young bucks. But, you know, since then they've had some nice moments and they're in one of the biggest stables, but you know, they haven't really reached their potential. No, they haven't. I mean, you know, and none of the inner circle have been champions except for Jericho. So I, I you know, they've been his henchmen. So I've, yeah, really, I, you're, and, and we've talked about this, like they need to do more promo packages. They need to do more of that stuff. So, Tony Khan listens. He does listen, man. He's doing more vignettes. He's doing more things to, to keep kind of people hot with these Jade Cargill um, kind of weird promos or whatever, like kind of making her seem like the superstar athlete getting the endorsements. I think they're like, okay, but I think it's great that they're doing them, that they're trying to do different stuff. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. I'll tell you one thing on AEW that I really liked. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, the Miro, the match with Penelope Ford and, and Julie, ha- Julie, oh, Hart, the, yeah. the match, the match was fine. Was and then, and then Miro comes out and he's like, where's Kip? Where's Kip? And then he's like, I have to defend your honor, even though he's the one who injured Kip. I love like that was so clever that AEW did that. Like he was the one who injured him. And, but he's out, he's so insane and out of his mind that he's like, I have to defend your honor, but it's really just so he could beat people up. I think what they've done with Miro lately has been, and I heavily criticized them in the beginning. And Tony Khan said, "Listen, we're gonna. There's a plan here. There's a plan in place to make this guy a star." And man, I really have enjoyed what they've done with Miro. They've just made him seem like a badass lunatic, um, and they've done a really, really good job with him. And so I'm excited to see see where they go. Corey, what were your thoughts on on the Andrade? promo the subtitles and then just his promo in general um i didn't think it was i don't think it was a home run but i thought it was i thought it was done okay i mean i think you had the right person at least you know name wise in the history of wrestling doing the interview and a lot of the road to shows that they've done building up other things jr has done some of these interviews and they've been better i'm not offended by the idea of them doing the um subtitles because you know what we said in the past his his English has gotten a lot better, but there's still times where he struggles a little bit. So, I mean, why not just have him do the promo in Spanish? So you're going to do two. So you're going to have, so how do you do that? Then you, what do you have? um, One of the guys from the Spanish announce team is, is doing it. Why not? not? If you're, if you're going to have him do the promo, have, have, you know, Either, you know, have the one guy talk in English, that's fine. Andrade knows English. And then have Andrade talk in Spanish, which is his, his native language. I just thought it was, I thought it was choppy. And I don't like when they do subtitles and people are trying to speak English. Because I think it makes it just, it just makes it seem choppy. Hmm. Um, and I thought the promo itself wasn't great. Um, I, I really want to see more 
the vignettes with him, you know, and I'm going to point this out. I'm going to go back to it just because I'm corny and whatever. The NXT promos with La Sombra when he was debuting and they would show the highlights of him, you know, with the mask. And he talked about what he was, you know, taking the mask off and they kept doing these vignettes of him. I feel like we should have seen something. We should see more vignettes. They did something like that last week with them, with they did a vignette. And I thought I think those are more effective than him saying, you know, his English and the subtitles, and you're reading the subtitles and you're trying to look for his facials as well. I I, I just I, I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't like it. I, it was fine. It wasn't like oh my god, this is the worst thing in the world. And maybe it's one of those things where they're gonna have to figure it out over time. Uh, the Vicky Guerrero thing is is terrible. I don't think that's long term. I think I don't think I don't think it's long term. And then they said there, there might be a surprise. I mean, we already know. He needs Thea to be with Trinidad. Selena. He needs to be with Selena. I mean, I think Thea Trinidad. I can see Thea Trinidad coming in as the surprise, as the tag team partner for uh, for Nia, and you know, in two weeks, replacing Vicky, and that's the uh, beginning of her coming in. And then she, basically, I could see someone almost like you know, years ago for our older fans, when the Undertaker came in, he was brought in by Brother Love, but the guy who actually was going to manage him was Paul Bearer. So I mean, you could be brought in by one person, and then. You find the better fit. I mean, no, that's I'm really the benefit smart. of the doubt here, but I mean, yeah. I might, you know, who knows? Yeah, they, and they and they don't do too much with Vicky, you know. Um, they don't really do too much with her, but so I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, I, I and I think, you know, I, I think Tony Khan knows what she what she is. I think we all know what she is. She's small a, doses are the best dose. Yeah, small doses are the best dose. And I think Andrade really needs a strong manager. He needs someone to talk for him. He does. He just can't get over on his own talking. And that's okay. You know, that is okay. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how they continue. But, I mean, Corey, it sounds like they're going to put him over big. It sounds like he's going to – It sounds like he's going to be a guy that they really, really heavily uh, put over – and make him look like a, a really, really big-time guy here uh, moving forward. Let me ask you this one thing about, about this. How long do you wait? And maybe you can tell me it's not a big deal, but how long do you wait for his first in-ring match? You could do the promos. You just sit down interviews. Do you go and hold off another month and a half for All Out? Do you have him on the first live show with, you know, in, in Miami with, you know, in my, you know with a lot of – with a lag possible crowd? I mean, do you have him – do you wait for, you know, one of these other, you know, big shows? Yeah. Don't they have like fight for the fall? Don't they have like fight for the fallen? What's the, what's the show next month? Fight for the fallen. Right. Well, well, you got four weeks of big shows. You have two weeks in Dallas. Is it da- I think two weeks of Dallas is fight for the fallen. I believe is, is uh, those shows. Your yeah. Two shows in Texas. I, I mean, I absolutely wait until you're on the road. I think Miami would be good. I think all out would be good, but don't have them wrestle for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. But I mean, like I said, you also don't want to go and have him just sitting there doing promos. And then all of a sudden. You Why? Move Why? Of- Why? We've seen him wrestle for five years. I got a point. I and we've all point. seen him wrestle. We know he's great. The have him do promos. Establish his character. That's one thing they never did on the main roster. They did it in NXT. Right. On the main roster, they never established who the hell is this guy? Why should we care about him? And he's telling you why you should care about him. And then you watch him wrestle and you're like, holy shit, it's really good. Right. So, I mean, I, I also, he's going to be spectacular. 
Oh, you know what? You he's going to be at AW. What'd you say? Got a big problem, though. And this is, we say that there are too many titles in WWE, which there is absolutely way too many. But it almost feels like there's less is more, yes. But you've got so many big names in that company that you got to do something with. What do you, I mean, are you, t- are you having him beat, you know, Miro for the, uh, the TV title? Are you having him beat, uh, you know, Hangman or something after the guy? Who beat N- none of, neither, neither. Christian came, Christian came out, Corey, and, and, you know, one of the first times he came out and he came out and teased that he was going to, you know, challenge for the title. And now he's has a feud with Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. I listen. When, when you're in the NFL, there's one Super Bowl every year you can win, and everyone's fighting for it, right? right? I love the idea, but there's rivalries in between AFC East, NFC North, right? And I and I like the idea that that's kind of what AEW is building. The title is so important. Everybody's going for the title. Everybody wants the title. But in between that, you have these rivalries, and that's how you have these titles mean something. And so I, I love it. I, Andrade, I don't see him challenging for the title for a while, and I think it's perfect. So you're okay, I think you're okay makes, with him possibly being the "quote unquote" face Latinos, a major star, but not being in the title picture. You don't need to. You don't need to be. You don't need to have, have the title to be a star. Okay, I just I mean, want to make sure. You know, I, is Adam Page have the title? Well, he might have it in about a month and a half. He might, but he has he hasn't in a little while, right? So clear, clear I, you, you don't have to have the title to be a star. I don't. I don't think in, in wrestling. Um, you know, what does Adam Cole say? The man makes the title, uh, not the other way around. So, you know, I, I think you can be a star without it. And I think AEW does a really good job of, of making people um, seem like stars without having titles. You know, look at like Darby Allen, for instance, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they've done a good job of that. Regard- MJF hasn't had a title and he's a star. So I think they could do that. The only issue I, yeah. the only issue I see is they have so many guys. I think that's the one thing. I don't know how you make that many guys seem like stars. Mm-hmm. That to me is more the issue than the titles. It's like how you know how do you have everybody stand out? Someone's got to lose. Look at Lance Archer. He was hot. Did all this stuff. Russell Cody had a great feud, and they've been basically trying to figure out what the hell to do with him for months. Um. So. So yeah, so it's, it, to me, that's the thing. Their roster is getting so bloated. Um, you know, that, that's that's what we're seeing. So we'll see. So uh, Jay, we spoke about a lot of really cool things this week, but we're not the only show that you should listen to. We've got a group of uh, podcasts pretty much almost every day of the week on the uh, Life Group uh, Podcast Network. Would you like to let people know a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Monday, we've got Dong City. So we are on this Monday because of all the craziness going on. But generally, we're on on Thursdays. You got Dong City with Henry and Vince. Uh, you got the Audible, uh, the football pad- podcast with Matt and Randy. Kind of a slow time in football right now. So, uh, but things will ramp up. I'm sure they can talk about Aaron Rodgers for two hours. Uh, you've got us on on uh, on Thursday. The step back with Jacob and Leon on Friday. Basketball podcast. I mean, I don't know how they're not doing like three of these a week. It's just so much going on. And what team is Ben Simmons is going to be on? And then uh, Total Bases with Felipe and Sean on Sundays, which is more of a fantasy take. I should really watch that, uh, listen to that, because I lost by like 0.1 points to, uh, this week in fantasy. Corey, I don't know if you saw. Um, it was the like the one of the closest games in the history of our league. Um, but yeah, so we so these are all on the, the Life Group podcast. Check them out. 
Uh, the guys are all great. They're all supportive of each other's and, um, you know, some, some great audience participation as well. So check them out. Absolutely. Uh, there's another podcast that uh, I'm fully involved with. You'll be on in the next couple of weeks for episode 100. Oh, uh, do you remember what that podcast might be? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages. What, what are you doing this week? Or for uh, the 100th doing, episode? Well, 100 episodes coming in a couple of weeks, but this week's episode, we are going to have part one of, of Friends and Why Living Single is a much better show. Uh, I mean, I, it's, not even, it's not even close. It's, uh, not, it's not even close. Even their jingle's better. Like, it's like, a, it's like the R&B single, Friends is, is it's, it's just, not, it's not even close. Well, you know, if you want, you could do another uh, another rant and we'll have part two of the tag. I mean, for all those who enjoy listening to Jason talk about pop culture and other things, he's like the last six minutes of next week's episode. And if you were listening to our episode, you've already heard it. But, you know, it's always good to hear Living single. Yeah, in the 90s kind of. It's a great, it's a great jingle. It's a great song. Yeah. Did you, did you know that both, and this is stuff that I was researching, and we'll get off this one second, but, you know, both shows were actually on at the same time. They actually wound up putting both shows on, kind of splitting the audience. And, you know, they were on a year before uh, Friends. Oh, my gosh, that's really funny. That's really, and really funny. It was, uh, like I said, it was a really good episode, part one of two. We'll have the second part uh, on afterwards, you know, talking more about how the Friends is maybe slightly overrated in a good way because it is overrated. But uh, Jay, another podcast uh, that we both have listened to in the past, just want to give a quick shout out to Brian Jake and the Fantasy uh, Fantasy Football Hustle. They're doing their 100th episode tomorrow on Tuesday. Everybody should definitely check that out, unless you're in a fantasy football league with me, because I could use all the help I can, and I don't need you guys knowing the same information. But, you know, Brian, who's been on the show, and we'll have him back on soon, uh, him doing the 100th episode they talk about everything, all the news, the good, the bad, about what you should 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 be doing in fantasy, and they're a great listen. So uh, congratulations to uh, them on reaching episode 100. Absolutely. Uh, so, Jay, our last thing for today. Uh, so, like I said, everyone's going back on the road. You got MLW, which is coming back in a couple of weeks. You have mm-hmm. New Japan uh, just came out saying that New Japan uh, American version, Strong, will be doing a show in L.A., coming up in middle of August. I guess my question to you is, is are people that starved for wrestling and niche products that everyone who comes back, you know, ROH is coming back with uh, live crowds, Impact's going to have people for uh, their next big show, Slammiversary, Slammiversary, with everyone and their mother who got released from WWE possibly going there again. Is there enough interest in wrestling with all the ratings being down and everything else for all of these companies that everyone's going to come back and have full houses? For these shows absolutely yeah <clears throat> i mean these companies are still making money and, and, and doing all right uh tony khan what did, what was his contract he just got from 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 uh, tnt something in the 10 figures i mean in the right. eight figures yeah what he, 70 i don't know whatever it is millions and millions of dollars so there is a market for live television and to go watch live television, to go watch shows, I definitely think there's a market for it. Now, again, people watched all this stuff before. You know, is Impact going to try to do 20,000 fans? That's not going to go well. 
Is Ring of Honor going to try to do 20,000 fans? That's going to go very poorly. But if you keep the small audiences basically like they've had, I think it could go really, really well. And also, Impact still has Kenny Omega there. So that's also a, a really, really big help. And Ring of Honor, although I haven't watched lately, I know that they, you know, they've, they've had some of uh, my buddy actually is on there. We might uh, be interviewing him in the next couple of weeks, but um, okay. you know, Ring of Ring of Honor's had, from what I've, you know, read and looked at, have had still had solid shows. So yeah, absolutely. I think, I think people want to go do shit, right? I think people want to go do stuff. And I think watching wrestling live is something that people are into. Um, and I, I don't see why. Now, I think the one thing they're going to have to be um, that'll be interesting is there are a lot of states where uh, people are not getting vaccinated. So, you know, uh, like Mississippi and Alabama, the numbers are pretty low. Uh, West Virginia. Um, so uh, does anyone see, see, see a theme? But um, so, you know, there's some states they have to be careful about. And the other thing they, they're going to want to do is be in big markets. You know, don't dick around right now with like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Albuquerque, right? Like stick with the big markets, the New York's, the Phillies, the Miami's, you know, those markets that, you know, are big wrestling places. And, um, you know, and then kind of figure it out from there. So I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think there'll be a lot of people and then they'll continue to get people depending on how strong their shows are, obviously. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. I mean, I I do wonder, like, you've seen that a lot of the ticket sales and uh, and they say, let me put this best way I can. They say that usually you have your most tickets sold within, like, the first 24 hours of something being on sale. And, and besides, you know, like, SummerSlam, a lot of the WWE events aren't selling very well. And then, you know, AW, some of the shows are doing better than others. And, yeah, and but, that, but, that goes back a, but that goes back and forth. I mean, they don't... I mean, that, you know, they weren't telling us how how ticket sales were before the pandemic every time. The, sure. the shows would just go on. Now it's like news. Oh, my God. It'll be fine. It'll all be fine. There'll be plenty of people in the stands. There'll be plenty of, uh, you know, crowds. There'll be plenty of cheering. It'll be just fine. I agree. Um, and I guess the last thing quickly before we call it a day, and thank you for everyone who joined us and realized that watching, you know, three hours of Monday Night Raw is bad for your health, just like uh, Jacob and uh, Jackie have done today. What is, uh, what's your thoughts on AW and, actually not AW, sorry, MLW with the momentum? They, they've been off for basically, what, a month and a half now? Yeah, a while. They're coming back in another two weeks uh, in Philadelphia. Apparently tickets selling really well, more more things that open up, they, they're going, and they've announced a couple of signings. They've, they're having, you know, the Battle Riot uh, will be on that show, TJ Pay versus Davey Richards. Do you think the idea, and this is maybe my own personal bias, because I've been looking to see it, and every week I'm kind of getting a little less interested. The idea that they've been off for this time, and they're just putting, you know, MLW Underground, which is their show from like 12 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. You think that MLW has lost a little bit of its momentum? I mean, how much have you really thought about MLW in the last, you know, six uh, None, but when the shows start, I'm going to watch them, right? Like, you know, we, we can't have it both ways. You and I have talked about on this show uh, how an offseason is a good idea, that taking a break is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Do we say, oh, the NFL is losing their momentum? 
oh, the NBA, what's going to happen to them? Then they're not in for a couple of months. You know, no, we gear ourselves up to go back. And so I, we don't have to have shows on every week. I, no, I think it's good to build anticipation for something. Um, so no, I, I don't, I don't think so at all. Have I been like following every draft pick and, and all that other stuff? No, but will I be watching when it's time? If time's allotted this summer, I can, I can actually, um, well, I'll probably be able to watch a bit. Might be doing, might be going away and doing some stuff, but when I'm home, I'm going to be able to watch a lot of wrestling. So that's what the plan's going to be. So I'll be, I'll be into it and I'll be ready. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's not like, Oh, I forgot about it now. Like I'm not going to watch it anymore because it's been gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's not, that's not how I work. And I mean, look at professional sports. They seem to be doing just fine. Taking breaks. I, I respect that. Like I said, I kind of lost a little bit of interest without seeing a lot, you know, yeah but, when they, yeah, but when they start back up with the live crowd, you're going to say, oh, man, the momentum hasn't been there, so I'm not watching this week. No, I'm just saying that, you know, I think some people may forget it's on. I guess that's my kind of It's my on thought. a new channel. Of course people are going to forget it's on. They they have to – That's it's called advertising. Yes, it's called advertising. You, you're, 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 you have to let people know of things that are going on. They're on a new network. A lot of people watching Dark Side of the Ring. I, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the point of it. Right? Yeah, I don't, even like, know, if that's lo- I don't know if their new shows are going to be on there for tape shows. I'm not sure. Because everything that's been on there is tape shows. And I haven't heard anything saying one way or another if that's where it is. But I understand your point there. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, another great show, Jay. Glad to see uh, we're able to put a show in this week. Uh, once again, follow us and the You Don't Know Jackie podcast and all the Life Group podcasts. You can check us out again at WorkshootPod on Twitter and Instagram. Jackie Endy will have mostly something up by t- sometime tomorrow. The little clip of how Jay's really good at his job as a human wheelbarrow, and I'm subpar at best. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but Jay, great show this week. Final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.